Hey there, welcome to what is going to be called an experimental first episode of Till I Say It Out Loud, which is a podcast I'm trying to work on about processing through certain topics and ideas and things um, via discussion. In this episode, I have my friend Kelsey over and we talk through our top 20 favorite Taylor Swift songs. It's super fun. We're two very chaotic people. So it was interesting to edit down. Um, We're from different eras of Swiftum. She's an early Swifty. I came in kind of in the middle. So it's a fun discussion. Um, I don't know her top 20. So we kind of talk through that. And it's fun. I want to say that there are some audio issues. I'm new at this. So working on making sure that I figure out how to work on chord noises and just any sound issues as I edit. Already ordered a mic stand to cut down on a lot of those issues for future episodes. Thanks for bearing with us through that. Also, I have to apologize because I tend to sing the chorus like Every time Kelsey mentions a song from her list, I have to hum it or sing it or something. So I apologize for that in advance as well. But overall, it's a super fun time. Thank you guys for tuning in. Let's go into it. Oh my God, I'm crying. So we just recorded. Yeah, we just recorded an entire explanation, which honestly I was thinking was too rambly. I kind of was too. (laughs) Essentially, I did a thing where like it accidentally recorded everything, but would start over every five seconds. And so like it would record (laughs) over itself every five seconds. My friend and I, Kelsey, are here. I'm Audrey. And we're ranking our top 22. Uh, originally I said we've been drinking for the last two hours, so I'm just going to blame it on that. Yeah, I mean, it is a Friday night. Um, we used a megametric document my friend Rocky made. It's color-coded. She's a, she's literally like a coder. She could build the entire internet. So she made this amazing spreadsheet where you can go through every album and then rank every song. There's like points that go with every ranking so that then it like, after ranking every Taylor Swift song on that list, which is how many songs? I mean, we've got 10 albums. 10 albums. At least 13 songs an album. God, this girl's been busy. So at least, I would say with these extra fields, like at least 190. Yeah. At least, if not more. So she ranked 190 songs. Um, and then went back through and since it's color coded, she was able to find her top favorites. She was able to make herself her top 20. She just, she just finalized hers. I do not know hers. You don't know my order. I you don't have an know. idea of the songs. Right. I have an idea of what songs there are. I don't know the order of them, but we come from two very different Swifty backgrounds. I'm a very... 1989 onward girly my mom bought me debut in 2006 in the target cd section and gave it to me for christmas that year i have the homophobic debut copy um 
I am two years younger than Taylor. Yes. So when her albums were coming out, I was going through the same phases of life. Yes. Meanwhile, you are... I'm about four and a half years older than Taylor. And so when Debut came out, I was in college. And to me, she always reminded me of my little cousin, Kendall. Kendall was around that same age. I think she's a little bit younger than you. So she's like right around that mm-hmm. age. Like when the song 15 came out, I remember like crying and being like, <laughs> Kendall. 15, I was still in high school. When Fearless came out, yeah. I think I was, so debut came out 06, which would be my freshman year. Yes. So Fearless came out my junior year mm-hmm. of high school. Yes. So wasn't far removed from 15. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't far removed from like love story and like that idea of like romanticizing this relationship of it being this Shakespearean romance novel situation. Right. Right. Meanwhile, I was literally teaching Shakespeare, Romeo and Juliet to freshmen. (laughs) Right. Because what we really should talk about (laughs) is how we're friends. So my first year of teaching, which was 16 years ago, and I won't hear a word about how old I am based on that. Shut up, everyone. Can you claim Medicare yet? Not yet. I'm still young at heart, and they take that into consideration. (laughs) (laughs) As the old hag, can I get Medicare? I swear to God. No, so I'm a Sagittarius, so I don't don't care how old I get. I'm always going to be young. Um... But I will be 38 in December. But I will say, so 16 years ago, I started teaching at 22. (laughs) And Kelsey was a high school student at my school where I taught. I was a junior. Right. So you were 17? 16 turning 17. Because I turned 18 my senior year of high school. That makes sense. Would you like me to put this in perspective? Yes. My senior year of high school. Mm -hmm. Those VMAs. Was were that the Kanye? the Kanye and Taylor situation. <laughs> and I needed to talk to someone about it at school. Mm-hmm. So I ran down the hallway to your classroom yeah, to talk sense. to you about Kanye and Taylor. That tracks. So I taught freshmen. So I taught like 14-year-olds. Never kids. my teacher. I was never Kelsey's teacher. Um, but I did have a Twilight Tuesdays um, group that I sponsored. <laughs> and so every Tuesday, that was during the twilight phase, at, like, like craze. I, it was 2008, 2009, my first year of teaching. And so you can imagine lots of girlies wanted to talk about Edward, team Jacob, team Edward all the time. And Kelsey, what role did you play in the twilight Tuesdays? Group? I think I was the set Secretary or treasurer? I think you were the treasurer. Which I'm terrible with You were like the Alexander Hamilton of the Twilight. (laughs) But really, what I did was sit in the back and make comments. Yes, you were the Enneagram 8 of the Twilight Tuesdays group. Anyways, I sponsored it. That's how me and Kelsey met. That's why she's two years younger than Taylor Swift and I'm four years older than Taylor Swift, but Kelsey and I are still pals. And uh you know we both love broadway and uh, like tons of other weird things together so really what this and let's be real taylor swift is a pop theater kid she is a hundred percent theater kid energy in a pop girly like body like yeah that's 100 percent what i think we love we have going on here yeah so when we sit down and break down our top 20 songs yeah this is us (laughs) At our most us. At our most us. (laughs) 
Anyways, so Taylor Swift, um, we really like her. She's so pretty. And this is a reveal for me, for you, because right. I don't know yours. She's already, I have been playing mine. <laughs> so she knows mine. But I don't pay attention to the order because yeah. in my brain, everything's on shuffle. This is fun. Okay, well, let's count down. Number 20. My number 20 is Tis the Damn Season. Tis the Damn Mostly because it takes me back to going home for the holidays mm-hmm. in college. Yeah. And for some reason, it's just one of those songs that transports me somewhere. Mm-hmm. So that's why it made my top 20. I get it. I'm a slurping down some alcohol. Please forgive. Drink that ranch water. Of my top 20, the highest percentage was Evermore, despite it not being my favorite album. Interesting. An interesting take. Do you have an interesting statistic, a factoid, if you will? Well, what I was going to say is a majority of my top 20 Mm -hmm. occurred Pre-reputation. Pre-reputation. That makes a lot of sense. Because you're a, you're a, you're an original. You're like a... I don't want to say OG Swifty. You are an OG Swifty. I am. I am. If you love debut, you got debut handed to you. And I a, did. In a CD. Yeah. And I bought all of them on release day at Target. I would go buy the Target version. I had the Fearless Platinum. It, unfortunately, when my first car got totaled, was in my CD player. <laughs> and, and so it's gone it's forever. It's there to this day. <laughs> um, I I don't want it to sound like I didn't like Taylor till 1989. I did like Taylor, but I, I think I was a bit too old to be... I wasn't I think her you, age. The whimsy, the yeah. whimsy of yes. her first few albums didn't click with you because of the stage of life you were in when that was happening. Yes, I was a full adult when she debuted. Haha, <laughs> no pun intended. Okay, so my number 20. <laughs> my number 20 is State of Grace from Red. What I said was, um, because it was really tough for me to do this. I suffered over my top 20 for days like there was no way I could narrow it down because I I liked so many songs but then I didn't like enough songs um on the same level to feel like to feel good about you know I would add one and then I felt if I added one it wouldn't be fair to these other 10 and I'd have to add like five more and then I'd have to take four off and so then I was still at a deficit so I finally got to 20 and what State of Grace ended up being was every song on Red I love that I couldn't add this could hold that place. And I love State of Grace. It's the beginning of Red. I love that whole thing. I've I've been in a situation like that. Taylor speaks so much to me, specifically on Red. So I had to I had to put that song on there and kind of bookend it with Red. My number 19 is Haunted. Oh, I One. love that song. Partially because I love a guitar buildup. I am a dad, divorced dad rock person. And there's something about the dun, 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 dun. Like, it does it for me. It's like if Nickelback was a bitch. Like, I'm a cunty bitch. Okay, but tell me, tell me seriously. Like, Taylor Swift writes a musical. Haunted is for sure like the song right before. Oh, Haunted is the yeah. act one closer. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Act one closer. It's like the four. defying gravity of Taylor Swift. Right. Musical. And it's dramatic. Like, Haunted is. Come on, come on. I, I picture. Do you remember Kelly Clarkson's like third album where she's like. Yes, sitting? I do. 
on the gothic stairs. Yes, I do. That's what I picture haunted. I love that album. Yes. The one so, about December. She has is there a song back, about uh, No, not back to December. <laughs> it's my <laughs> I think it's like my December or something. Yes. Yeah, I think my December is like an emo song. But anyways, like But that's what I picture. Like that's the yeah. imagery that I get from Haunted. No, 100%. And also Haunted came out in 2010 and I love a 2010 emo moment. I love that for you. No, I love Haunted. Um, I my dream was that on Speak Now, Taylor's version, I knew she couldn't do this because she has to recreate what she's already done, but I really wanted Haley Williams to do Haunted mm. with her. Think of Haley Williams tearing that song up. It would be amazing. But I do love that what we did get from Haley Williams. But my 19, number 19. <laughs> it's like the MTV top 20. <laughs> Um, is New Year's Day from Reputation. I only have two Reputation songs on my top 20. New Year's Day was one of those. (laughs) Kelsey is very angry about Reputation. She will, I'm sure she'll definitely mention why uh, at some point, but New Year's Day was a song that I I'm with a very wonderful man and uh right now and he's great and we'll be together four years in January and when we first started dating he's great his name is Corey um and I remember hearing this song and like her saying I want your midnights and I'll pick up bottles with you the next day I was like driving and started crying and I was like oh my god who am I I'm crying about a man and like it's because the man I was with is so nice and like the idea of like I think what Taylor is really good at is like the tableaus of regular life that are very meaningful she lo- she's okay. able to mention those and I think the idea of like waking up and kind of being hung over from New Year's and being yes. like oh babe look at our house it's like it's crazy like there's bottles everywhere and everybody messed up the house because of the party but like what a beautiful loving lovely like moment mm-hmm. to wake up and be like i'm gonna it's romanticizing the normal yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna clean this house with you and that is the but dream also, that's the right, dream look at this life we've built <laughs> yes i love i love that she does that she's so good at that so that's my number 19 <laughs> as a also career-long jonas brother fan well, I can't help you there. <laughs> Who was? And may still kind of be a Joe girl. I mean, we all have our issues. <laughs> My number 18 is Mr. Perfectly Fine. I just love that song. It's just... Who has not wanted to essentially cuss out a man without cussing him out? It's kind of like... The Southern Baptist F you. Oh, bless his heart. Right. Like, <laughs> mm, okay, sweetheart. My favorite thing about Mr. Perfectly Fine is the Sophie Turner Instagram post where she was like, it's not, not a bop. And I was like, okay, iconic. Like, right. so much of what I love about the early re-releases, because I'm not really down with that, those albums don't speak to me, is the... Social media reactions. Yeah, the stuff that surrounds it. That was your 18. My 18 is The Archer. Um, I can't even really explain why. I just know that I really love the song. I think it's such a slow burn. I think that like it's a beautiful song and it's really underrated. So that's why I love it so much. I think that's fair. 
Yeah, like, and I'm a Sagittarius. I'm sorry, but like, I am the archer. <laughs> okay, go off. Uh, points. All right, 17. This is my one reputation. This is delicate. And it's a bop. I don't care what other people say. It is fun. It is goofy. It is, I like the, is it cool that I said all that? Like, yeah. as someone with mouth vomit. Like, I love that. Yeah. Well, um, and she too probably has mouth vomit. Probably. Like, she's one. You said a Sagittarius. She's I'm not a Sagittarius. a Sagittarius. We're sitting with a Libra right now, but she's an Aries rising. And I'm an eight. So she's an Enneagram eight. I'm an Enneagram seven wing six. But I think it's fun. I think it's goofy. I think it was the first time that she kind of let herself lean into having fun with her music and just kind of letting that side of her show. I love the way she performs it in the Eras tour. I love that this the stage is like cracking beneath her like whenever she's. Well, because it's like the cracking of her facade. Mm hmm. And I think that's what I'm, like, I think it was the first time she really started to lean into, like, letting the persona that she had had for all these years, because Delicate is the response to the Kanye situation, and, or not Delicate, Reputation mm-hmm. is the response to the Kanye situation. Yeah. So, Delicate is the first time where it's, like, my facade cracked, like, this is who I actually want to be, mm-hmm. without the anger behind it. Yeah. To me, Delicate is very much like her trying to be the cool girl for Joe. And I always like laugh about the idea of Delicate being like his fragile ego and like how like she has to coddle like his needs for them to meet up and like not draw attention. And she's like, oh, am I allowed to say how much I like you? I'm not yet because you're such a weirdo. Cool. Like, that's awesome. But and not in a bad way. Right. Like, I love that she wrote that. And she's like, I know it's delicate. And she doesn't even mean it tongue in cheek. But, mm-hmm. like, now that we're on the other side of it, right. it can, you're very, you can very much just be like, oh, you boy, are you okay? Right. Because I hate Joe. Anyway, so number 17. Uh, for me, it is happiness from Evermore. I read an article at one point that's, that like claimed happiness was her worst song. And I was like, I'm sorry that there are children, I guess, listening to this album who have never broken like had to break up with someone and like lived past the breakup and like have healed past and grown into um like another person and like found happiness on the other side of that and like understand what that song is actually about because happiness is one of the most to me one of the most profound songs that she's ever written and I think the idea that like to me, I've always said happiness is a direct answer to all too well, where all too well is like when you're so close to the breakup and the shattering that you experience. And then happiness is when you get enough space from it that it still hurts a little bit, but you understand that it's going to be okay. So for anyone to say it's her worst song, I'm sorry your life experience just hasn't gotten to the point where you're evolved enough to understand to it. No. 
so clearly like, like i like i don't that's the thing is like i think that they like poppy shit they like like me would be good to them because it's poppy ugh. like they were like this is boring and it's like slow and like there's no background and i'm like right she's sitting in her head and she's understanding her feelings and she's learning her own healing like she literally is saying you know what i haven't met the new me yet i'm still growing towards that i'm still healing from this and i'm still speaking out of terms you know, I'm still saying things that are mean that I wish I could take back, but I'm also admitting like it's going to be okay. And like, I am happy despite what happened with us, but also because of it. That's gorgeous. That's a beautiful sentiment. And it's the re it's the only thing that's true about life. Like you can't live life and not accept that or you're a miserable person. Like I think happiness is so profoundly true. And so I don't know if you don't like it, you're dumb. I mean, it's not in my top 20, but I don't think it's her worst song. Like, yeah, that, Shake It Off exists. Yeah, literally. Literally, London Boy exists. Right. Like, there are way worse songs. Happiness is not my vibe, but I can respect the... I think happiness is her learning to love herself again mm -hmm. after a traumatic end to a relationship. So, number 16. What is it? So, this is... This is actually not my favorite version of this song. My favorite version of this song is on the Jonas Brothers 3D movie concert experience. <laughs> and it is hilariously a duet of Taylor and Joe Jonas. I don't think I've ever seen that. Singing. Should have said no. <laughs> and which is just hilarious now as no. we've aged. Like, I mean. Well, and after everything that happened with Joe and Sophie, I keep almost saying Sansa. <laughs> Even though I love Sophie and I know she's a whole person without Game of Thrones. Right. So, you That's know. That's funny. I love I, They also, like, covered a Leanne Rhymes song, that concert. Like, that was a, that was almost like their version of the Reputation Tour because they had guests every night. I was about to say, it sounds like almost like a, um, like a. Well, because this was the time where Joe was dating Taylor and Nick was dating Selena. Selena? Yes. This is when Taylor. Out. This is when Taylor and Selena became friends. Oh, that is precious. I didn't know this. Right. I'm getting a history lesson right now. Which I've been to multiple Jonas Brothers concerts. Never had a Taylor guest appearance, but I did have a Miley guest appearance. So. I am obsessed. I'm so jealous. Yes, but yes, should have said no. I think it is one. I her angry songs on debut are some of my favorites. Because they encapsulate that anger of a 16-year-old girl. And it's, girl. Yeah, it's like, cute. It's rappy. Right. It's like, and, like, it's just, it's a no skit for me. I love that. No, I like that song, too. My number 16 is, like, the complete opposite. <laughs> my, it's, it's exile from folklore. From is who's the angry depressed and who's the sad depressed? But also, it, yeah, 100%. Where it's just, like... <laughs> Exile is such a good song, though. Like, also, I think this was elevated by her um, Eras Tour acoustic version on the piano where she sang by herself and then the, the audience sang with her. I thought that was beautiful. So I think of that now when I hear the song. But I also love the Bon Iver, like, um, or Bon Iver. Uh, I don't know how to say his name. but I like Bon Iver. I don't know. Like, I think Bon Iver sounds special, but it's probably Bon Iver. Um, <laughs> just because I think it's the pretty way. But um, I think the lyrics, the lyrics to Exile and the call and response kind of, the thing about Exile is it's a call and response, except that it's not because 
it's a call and response, but they're not actually speaking or hearing each other, which is so indicative of why they're breaking up. So like they're both speaking. You know why this song speaks but, to you in my opinion? Tell me. Because it's giving the last five years. Stop! You're right! The last five years is one of my favorite musicals. But I listened to it on the way here, and I was like, this is Kathy and Jamie. That's so intuitive of you. You're totally right. Oh, my gosh. It's totally right. It's the third song in the next 10 minutes. It's yes. just a, like slower, pulled back version of the next 10 minutes. Stop. You're right. Okay, so Kelsey cracked the code. Um, <laughs> It's 100. That is exactly right. Okay, Taylor Swift brought a musical win. Number 15. This is the only re-record that I don't like the Taylor's version of. Oh, tell me. So I bet you can guess what it is. This uh. is better than Revenge. Oh, it's the a, it's the mattress care. line. Yeah, I don't I care was, about a moth. <laughs> I don't care about a moth to the flame. No, I need the mattress. Why can't she be on a mattress? It is 2023. I get that slut shaming is like bad, and I understand. But did did Haley Williams change her slut shaming lyrics? No. But also, she just explains every time she sings it. <laughs> we need to talk about that when women are angry, sometimes we regress. Yes, and there we can't erase the fact that a lot of us. Uh, we are millennials and a lot of us did have very bad feminism growing up and that we have internalized misogyny and that I definitely had that. So like, especially in 2010 and I don't blame Taylor for wanting to like change it because people listen to it now, but I do think it's good to like accept that like, Oh, I did say this at one point. And that's why I kind of like that. Haley's never changed it. Cause she's like, well, I did do that and it was bad, but like, I'm not going to change it. <laughs> More than fair. Not because she condones slut shaming, but because she she accepts that like I used to have internalized misogyny and I don't. But also, if or I'm trying not misery to. Business, mm -hmm. We might actually riot. Oh please, never change. My fifteen, our first midnight track, um, is would have, could have, should have. I think this is one of her best songs. Obviously, it's my top twenty of her. Um, it the. As everyone was shook by the, like, give me about my girlhood line, someone, I think it was a TikTok, was like, I listened to this as if I, it was talking about the church, and it really hit. And I was like, because ah! I live in the Bible Belt, I am a... Um, Southern Baptist, like, and that really, really hit. So while I know that this trauma from the same youth group, from the exact, from the same church, and but different times, different, different eras. <laughs> um, but I will say that, like, you know, while there weren't, I there were a lot of wonderful people that I went to youth group with. Uh, the experience in general and going to a Baptist university was really tough. It was just tough. Um, especially as, when you get into your adulthood and you start having to wrestle with a lot of things. And so when I heard what have, could have, should have, and with that in mind, uh, like it really hit, <laughs> it really hit. So that shot up my list. Like, even though it's recent, it's, it's definitely impactful to me. This is my only lover song is number 14. 14 is a lover song too. Is it Cruel Summer? It is Cruel Summer. We both have Cruel Summer! Yeah! It's my only lover song though. Yeah. Um, I was, when Lover came out, I was still very frustrated because I hated Reputation. Kelsey was like, she took Reputation 
personally. I did. She was like, Taylor Swift hates me specifically. Well, also, <laughs> she did not originally release Reputation on streaming. Because at that time, there were the issues with the royalties on streaming. Yeah, she. I remember that. I remember So that. I wasted my time driving my happy little butt on up to a Target one Friday night to buy Reputation. Mm-hmm. And when I listened, I hated it. <laughs> so, but I digress. When Lover came out, it was fine. I just was still very upset. I was in my feels. So, but Cruel Summer, it's a bop. Yeah, it really is. And, like, I love um, St. Vincent. She's iconic. Um, so any collaboration with, with Taylor was going to be great. And I'm glad it finally got the its flowers. It finally got its moment. Let's move on to 13. It's my second debut song. It's also, I think, the most underrated debut song. Is it Mary's song? It is Mary's song. (laughs) Tell me about this song. So Mary's song tells the story of two children who grew up together and were best friends. Because the first line of the song is, I was seven and you were nine. You looked at me like the stars that shine in the sky. And it's the story of them growing up together and falling in love. And it ends with the line, I'll be 87, you'll be 89. You'll still look at me like the stars that shine in the sky. And it's just this really fun, like, this is the song that I could picture sitting on a porch, because it's very heavy acoustic guitar, sitting on the porch listening to, and it's just very sweet, and I think it's possibly her best storytelling song pre, like, folklore. That's really sweet. I She does that. She's really good at storytelling. She's really good at, like, like a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. I love that. Or, like, a bedtime story. Like it's Taylor Swift lullabies when? Yeah, exactly. When she, well, soon, because she's probably going to get engaged and then start having babies. And Sorry, I just vomited. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my 13 is You Are In Love. Okay. From 1989. This is another one that when I first started dating my current boyfriend four years ago, I heard the song and I started crying and was like, ew, I'm crying about a man. But there's a line that it says, you keep his shirt, he keeps his word. And again, it's that whole thing where she does tableaus of like regular moments that mean a lot. And that moment, that like line really impacted me because I realized how much I was craving the ability to trust mm-hmm. and like depend on a man and that Corey was like so well, you had a rough go i did we don't need to get into that but I'm just <laughs> thank you you had a rough go i did thank you uh, um and so when i heard that song i was like I, I, it does keep his word like i was just like very emotional and she really captured that i love her what's your number next? 12 number 12 um this is I think my first vault track. <gasps> and it's the very first night from Red. <laughs> I, here's my thing about the very first night and where it takes me. It takes me to going on a road trip with that friend from college that you always kind of had. The, not college, high school. Like you've always had these feelings for. And you're just kind of being youthful and spontaneous. And then all of a sudden it tumbles into 
feelings oh, a and tumble. Oh, a little, well, I mean, I think the song is gay, but that's besides yeah. the point. <laughs> Mostly because the lyrics don't make sense. I'm not saying Taylor's gay. I said I think the song is gay. <laughs> Straight Taylor fans do not come for me. I do not have the energy for it right now. But that song to me is Kelsey, very, a gayler confirmed. <laughs> that song to me is very queer coded. Mm-hmm. It is very about the feminine friendship that you were so told to hide away from mm-hmm. your entire life and that it was wrong and realizing for the very first time that it could be okay. I love And that. have fun and embrace who you are. That's so sweet. Well, my number, what are we, 12? 12. My number 12 is extremely gay, too. Dress. <laughs> reputation i know that people are pissed off that like there are people who read some of taylor's like lyrics as queer but like i'm sorry she shouldn't write stuff that's so queer like i'm i'm sorry but i'm in the bathtub and i spill my wine and you kiss my face and we're both drunk in the bathtub what full-grown man has she gotten to get in the bubble bath with her and have wine? I'm spilling wine in the bathtub. You kiss my face and we're both drunk. It is gay. I'm sorry. Like, she, I don't love you as a best friend. I love you as more than a best friend. Like, why is it so secret where she's like, it's secret glances from a crowded room nobody knows about me and you why not you're a straight white cis woman right and you like straight white cis men right why is it a secret like girl i'm sorry but like even if it's straight it doesn't sound like it (laughs) anyways all that to say i love this song dress because it is gay Like, that is literally why I love it. I think it is a queer anthem. I think it's beautiful. I think that even if she wrote it for a man, which, I mean, jury's out. um, Like Audrey, Gaylor confirmed. I mean, sorry. Like, I, even if she's not, like, it's okay that, like, that this song is so incredibly queer coded that like I think it's okay for people who relate to it as queer like lyrics. It's true. It is. It just like it's valid is what I mean, because like the yearning, the secrecy, the secrecy, the fact that she wants her friend, her best friend, like more than that, like than a best friend. I'm sorry, but like that is a classically queer motif (laughs) so um like congrats taylor you accidentally wrote a very queer song that resonates with tons of queer people and i love it for that reason i think it's beautiful for that reason all right number 11 mine's long live so i do realize that my brain when i listen to it my my brain put a story to it but it didn't put a story through Taylor's lens. And this is just when it came out, I was a freshman in college. It was my fall semester of my first year of college. And Long Live took me back to football nights oh, in high school. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, it took me back to homecoming and all of that. And I know it's the story of, like, her and her band and things like that. 
but it really took me back to that feeling of like your last home football game. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why the song is so incredible is because it's 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 special and specific to her experience, but it's also she writes it in a way where like everyone can be like, this is a triumph song for me and my group of friends. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love Long Live. I have Long Live on my list, but it's much higher. So I'll talk about what I feel about that yes, later. Absolutely. I do love that song. My number 11 is Midnight Rain. I love the song from the moment I heard it. I was like, this is about Taylor Lautner. Like, I love oh, it's it. A call back to back to like, it's pre back. Yes. To it's, it's like, it is the same song. It is the yes. same song to me. Like, she's sorry. This is like, you know, dis- back to December is like, I'm sorry I treated you this way. Midnight rain is like, we're years down the line. And like, I remember this time, but like, I Fondly still, I still, yes, worked. still think, I still think of him, you know, and he, he got what he wanted. I got what I wanted and like, no hard feelings. I love that. I love that kind of like retrospection. It's, it's like, it's like happiness, but light. It's like, it's like happiness is like the, the biggest impact of my life was losing the, this love, I losing love of my life, happiness, healing past that and knowing it can be okay. And the midnight rain is like, this is a, what could have been. I, I wish I had treated this guy better, but he was so, so great. And I'm so happy that he got what he wanted. I love that kind of stuff. I think she's really good at retrospection. Are we ready for our top 10? It's top 10 time. So this is my last debut song. It is Picture to Burn. Because there's something to be said about a chorus saying, I hate that stupid old pickup truck. You never let me drive. We're from the same small town, Texas. And I can picture that dumb Chevy rolling through a school parking lot. <laughs> we still have them, I swear to God. Right. So that's just like, you know, she was sitting there in the school parking lot like, I'm going to slash your tires, but I can't <laughs> say that because I'm a minor. Well, wasn't it like, it's like that Carrie Underwood song before yeah, the before Carrie Yeah, before he Under- cheats. Yeah. But before she wrote that, right? Wasn't this first? Mm-hmm. It was just about the same time. Really? I'm interested which mm-hmm. came out first. We can find out, but while we do that, why don't you go into your number 10? Okay, so my number 10 is Marjorie um, from Evermore. I have the most Evermore songs in my top 10 than other, any other album. Marjorie is a really sweet one. It's obvious why I love it because my grandma, Delta, on my dad's side, was the coolest person, and I have like three tattoos in her honor because she's the best um so yeah it's like that's it marjorie grandma yeah i mean that's what it's for yeah um and i was correct before he cheats came out in 2005 dang i was like but it does explain probably where that energy came from well yeah and that's like an archetype of country music is like harming his truck because he loves his truck more than Mm -hmm. he probably loves that woman we are at my first Midnight's track at number nine. It is Karma. And the puffin. Karma is the guy, the guy on the, the Chiefs. Chiefs. <laughs> Come and stay home Which, me. In modern, in now, I'm not trying to place any expectations mm-hmm. on Taylor and Travis. Obviously, they are their own individual people. So true. But with her changing it to that, this relationship and this song really kind of takes on the personification of love story to me. Oh! 
that's so true. Like, <laughs> they're two small town people who blew up and they're now having this, like, small town romance. But it's also on the big stage because they're both these huge millionaires on mm-hmm. these big stage. But I do think at their core, they're family-centric small town people. You're right. So my number nine is, is this my first vault track? I think it is. Is. I think it is. So this is my first vault track, Is It Over Now, um, from Taylor's version of 1989. This is such a, like, lyrically stacked song. I love how quick the, like, she she's just, like, rattling off. Um, it's just fire, dude. Like, I'm obsessed with it. I can't listen to one note of it without going all the way straight through it. I I saw a TikTok that was talking about, like, how the weird noise at the beginning is probably a seagull. And so now I'm always just picturing a seagull, like, in the studio recording. Like, <laughs> Like, it's so funny. And so I'm just obsessed. Also, I just feel like we're getting, like, bonus tracks, um, like, behind the scenes, like, details of her and Harry's relationship. And while I didn't really care about it to begin with, now I'm like, oh, Juicy, tell me more. Like, I just love that. So it's it's definitely up there for me. I think, like, she has um, a few songs where she just, like, it's so lyrically rich and like mm-hmm. uh, I'm right where you left me is like that where she and like um, death by a thousand cuts is yes. like that where she was singing at one of her, her shows and she was just like, damn, why did I write it like this? It was like our show. it was like, it was our show. She had to start over. You're right. So she messed it up at our show, which is why she was able to re re, re uh, do it later. But all that to say, those are all lyrically very dense songs. And like, I love when she does that. Number eight. Um, uh, mine's Bad Blood, but only the one with featuring Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar, I love that. Um, not because Bad Blood in itself is a bad song. I think right. it's very fun. I think it's a entertaining song. But there's something about the added level that Kendrick brings to the mm. song that just makes it. I'm too white to say this, but I'm gonna say it. Go so much harder. <laughs> it does go hard. Like, <laughs> that's that's all I can say about it. Slaps. It slaps. And he ate. And he ate down boots down. That music video was a moment on Instagram. Oh my god. I remember watching that on my television back when I had satellite TV in 20 what 14. Yeah. And being like Oh my god! And they just kept like, co- like the celebrity f- women just kept coming onto the screen. I was just like, we Dang. thought we were getting a feature film. I was like, well, this is the coolest thing I'd ever seen at that time. It was very cool. So that's my memory. I just think it's a fun song, or I think it's it's one of my no skips. Like I love it. No, I'll never skip Bad Blood. Okay, so num- my number eight is right where you left me, which I think. I think we all, not all of us, but, like, I would think that many people agree that Right Where You Left Me is about Harry as well. It's from Evermore. You don't agree? I don't even know the song. Okay, so Right Where You Left Me, she says she's 23. Oh, okay. She's sitting in the restaurant with her hair pinned up. Oh, now I can hear it. Yes. And that he says, I've met someone. And that she's never left that moment. 
and that the dust is collecting on top of her head. Her, mm. her dust, her, her light pinned up hair. I love a surreal moment in poetry. Like, I love a surreal moment where, like, they're, they're like, oh, yeah, anyways, I've been here for 15 years and I've never moved and there's dust on my head because I'm hijacked. I'm arrested in this moment where I, I that I can't heal from. And I absolutely relate to that because I've been through a situation where it's like, wow, I can't move on from this because I'm so heartbroken from this. And like the imagery of her sitting in that restaurant and just haunting the corner. She says, I'm in a corner that I haunt. I'm like, Ah, like it's so iconic and again this is a a very lyrically rich song and I put that like next to is it over now they're they're very like I think that is it over now is a very is like the pop version of the sentiments of right where you left me where she now knows it's over and she can't move on but the the like density of the lyrics are so potent because the pain is so large and I think that the pain of is it over now of not knowing is it yet now she knows it's over and it's and she can't move on I just love it she's so freaking good seven <laughs> uh, another vault track for me um now that we don't talk now that we don't talk but Another one that I like to equate to the loss of a female friendship. Like, yes, the I have a friend. I would say acquaintance now. We're not we, we aren't really friends anymore. Um, that just one day we just quit talking. And I think that heartbreak and not knowing why or what happened yeah. is so infuriating but the line that gets to me is i call my mom she thinks it was for the best like that is i don't know if i would call my mom if that was the case with a romantic relationship but i'll be honest i sure would call my mom to talk shit about a girl (laughs) sorry mom i know you said don't curse on this (laughs) my number seven totally un Opposite sides. Like, like well, no, I, I was going to say this is totally on accident. My number seven is seven. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even realize till you, I, I, I just knew where I placed it on the playlist, but I didn't realize it was at number seven. But um, seven from Folklore is such a beautiful little song. I love that she tells the story of what it was like to not understand um the expectations of being a woman in the world and instead she was just a child and she got to be a child and that she used to 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 scream at the top of her lungs fiercely and like she never thought of oh I need to be polite I need to be quiet I need to be all these things that are expected of me I thought I think that's such a beautiful thing and there's a line where she says even though I can't remember your face I still have love for you. Like, I think it's such a beautiful thing to think back on the children we, we played, we played with in our neighborhood as, as, you know, as children and we don't know them anymore. You know, they were, they were characters in our story as children, but we love, I like the affection you have for that time. And those, those kids that, you know, I know who those kids are in my memory. Um, but they're not in my life. I don't Uh talk to them. I wouldn't speak. I wouldn't reach out to them on Facebook, but like, I still have love for them. And 
there's a line too where it's like, I've been meaning to tell you I think your house is haunted. And I think your dad is always mad. That must be why. I think that's such a precious way for to describe the way a child must like understand abuse and like uh-huh. tempers. Like, oh, I think there must be a ghost here. And like, it's, it's harm. You know, like, I just love that. There's also another line about like, we can move to India and we don't, ha- you don't have to cry anymore. Like, we'll just go and we'll make, we'll do make believe. We'll move to India and you don't have to cry. And that part specifically reminds me of the movie, The Little Princess, which is a movie I loved when I was a child. It was such an iconic movie and I, I didn't know many people growing up who had seen it. And when I heard that line in the song, I thought, I wonder if she's seen that, if she grew up watching that. Because they, they have all this, this fantasy where they, they talk about going to India and it's like trying to escape this horrible childhood. And if we went to India, things would be different. And like, I don't know, I just think it's a beautiful song. And obviously I have a lot of connections. and So that's why it's in my top 10. Number six. So when Midnight's dropped, you were teaching. So it was the school year. So you were very much asleep, or like trying to sleep. But you said, text me your live reactions as yeah. you listen. Yeah. I listened in the morning at like 7 a.m. When I and when I listened to this song, I know I texted and said, why did she step on my neck? <laughs> I remember and it's anti-hero. I love it. She was like, why did she, you were like, why did she come for me? Why did she come for me so hard? Right. <laughs> and it was really when we got to the line of like, it's me. Hi. hi. I'm the problem. It's me. Right. And mostly that stuck out as the one in my family who doesn't fit in. I am the one who has left the religion that we grew up in. I am the single female who didn't jump into, not jump into, my family is all very happy in their relationships, but I'm in my 30s and I'm not. And you, well, I feel like when you say that, you mean like embrace. Yes. Like, and, you know, I live a very different life than my family, even though I love them dearly. Mm -hmm. And just the kind of like, it's me, hi, (laughs) kind of is how I feel when I walk into a family gathering. So the, it's just it's it's for me. I love that. I oh. am the anti-hero of my family. So my number six is style. This is the one that my eyes skipped over when I was going through the list. I had this issue where like sometimes like the most obvious answer will like escape my physical eye, like my physical sight. And That's called neurodivergence. I'm like, why can't what? I like literally sat there with 19 on this list and couldn't think of one. And then I went, wait, style's one of my favorites. Why can't I why didn't I put it on there? So style I think is just hands down one of the greatest pop songs of all time. That's it. Top five. Top five. Top five, five. I'm pretty sure. Your number one and my number five are the same. Yeah, you can see it over here. Yes. But mine's all too well. I'm not going to specify the 10 minute version or the original either because they each have their place and I don't think either one detracts from the other. And yeah. I think they can be one and the same. Agreed. They're, I agree. They're the same. Um, But I mean, like. I love them both. hasn't sat on the floor drinking wine listening to All Too Well? And crying. I'm... I did. I cry. (laughs) I think it's iconic. It was the song from Red that Mm -hmm. I remember listening to Red and I was like, this album's different. 
Yeah, I could see that. Because, I mean, right before Red, we had Speak Now. Speak mm-hmm. Now. And it was the first, that transition from Speak Now in 2010 mm-hmm. to Red in 2012. You can really feel the movement from adolescence and juvenile into young adulthood. And I think All Too Well is that transitional song for Red and for Taylor's career. I love that take. I've never heard anyone put it that way. I like that. My number five is Maroon, which is gay coded. I'm sorry. Anyone who gets mad about that, like, just think of why. Like, I'm not saying Taylor's gay, but I am saying the lyrics are extremely gay. So if you're what upset man about is she that. Dating who buys screw top wine? And what man is she dating who has a, like, vinyl shelf? That's true. I take it back. Incense on the isn't that the one incense on on the vinyl shelf. (laughs) Corey wouldn't have incense. No, he he doesn't like incense. But he would have a vinyl shelf. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. (laughs) But like, okay, so the screw top wine that's giving cheap red or a rosé, and I don't think a man is gonna buy that. I also just feel like they're roommates. Like it's and they were roommates. And I also just feel like it's gay. Like, it's okay. I don't have to prove it to anyone. Like, I'm just saying, like, there's a reason that so many people will listen to certain songs by Taylor and be like, wow, that sounds very queer. Um, I'm not saying it's because Taylor is queer, but I am saying that it's because there is queer theory in some of her lo- uh, some of her lyrics. There's queer archetypal, like, imagery. And so, like, some people are going to pick up on that and be like, hey, this is something I've experienced as a queer person where I fell in love with my roommate and we ended up hanging out and listening to, you know, music and lighting incense and drinking wine. So, like, that's so gay. And I love that for all of us because whose male, like, boyfriend, partner, whatever has lips so scarlet they were maroon. Let's say that. Let's ask about that. So scarlet, those lips were maroon. Whomst what man is wearing re- red scarlet lips? I'm just saying, who, wh- whose man who is straight is wearing, it has scarlet lips. The only man I've ever seen with scarlet lips is Tucker when he's three glasses of red wine deep. Is Tucker Taylor Swift's straight boyfriend? No! no. <laughs> he would not know. Is he going to be anyone's straight boyfriend? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyways, that's my story about Maroon. Go that's ahead. my story and a stick and to it. Okay, number four. Wow, that was a deep cut okay (laughs) number four i put the story of us another joe jonas song she's a joe girl i we don't need to go down the trauma (laughs) (laughs) she's been through it let her live i met him the day before the divorce was announced so we don't really need to talk about that but the thing about the story with us is i love the pacing of it because it's really like someone angrily saying i thought we were going to do this forever but no let's move on let's move on it's angry but petty angry and i I love love a petty bitch her angry song for the best one but i think i was gonna say that except she hates reputation 
but I was going to say that at the end. I find it interesting that you, as a triple flame Sagittarius with an Aries rising, mm-hmm. ha- loves her lyrical stuff. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, me, as a Libra, mm-hmm. I have a Aries rising, but my moon sign is Earth. Mm-hmm. I love the anger songs. And I think it goes into our view on... The songs and when they were coming out, I think it goes into, I do think Enneagram, because Enneagram is how you react with the world. And I also think it goes to experience, because mm -hmm. so much of my top 20 discusses the pain of losing a love and being impacted by a lost love, but then healing from a lost love Mm -hmm. and finding a, a healthy love. And I think that speaks to my experience. So I think it also is like, Right. I think a lot of my songs on the first, on my top 20, are her writing about herself Mm -hmm. and her reactions Mm -hmm. and not her reactions to a situation, but her reactions to the world. And I think that you, as a person, I like, as your friend, Mm -hmm. I can say that I feel like you're the kind of person who, like, wants to feel like your feelings are valid and, like, and hearing songs that she sings where she has anger when you've been told like maybe your anger and your reactions to in anger are not valid maybe by people in your life that matter to you like you feel validated by that okay so do you charge for the thing i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna tell my therapist about this in two weeks because it's a holiday next week so she canceled our session but that's okay this is for free so my number four is long live which we already kind of covered with you but um I have a very different association even than what you have. So you said, oh, this is weird because I think of high school football. So I think of Harry Potter. Like, okay, so we all agree J.K. Rowling, Rowling, she doesn't deserve to have her name said correctly, is a turf. She sucks. She's terrible. Um, But as a millennial and specifically an elder millennial, like Harry Potter is like just part of who I am. Um, (laughs) So like and tumblr unfortunately plays a large role in this so i never had heard long live before and the final movie of harry potter came out it was the deathly Hallows part two and do you remember the final red carpet for that Mm -hmm. i was in tears I was watching the whole live stream. I was crying like the the tree the trio was like holding each other and crying and I was holding myself and crying. And I remember like seeing like someone made a gift set on Tumblr of all of the like big moments of Harry Potter and like had put it against long lives lyrics i've had the time of my life fighting dragons with you like that whole thing and i remember reading the lyrics and i had never heard the song before and just being like oh my god this is beautiful like what is this from and it said long live taylor swift you know at the bottom it gave credit so i went immediately to listen to this and i was just like weeping just like it's like harry potter just like feeling like i don't even know like a dragon my god like i was just like beside myself and like Honestly, it's such a powerful song. It's so sweet. And like I was saying, it really is about whatever you can associate, a triumph of your group. Uh-huh. It's She's just so good at making it. It's personal to her, but it's also personal to everyone who listens to it. Agreed. Top three. Top three. <laughs> and 
hilariously, only one of my top three we actually already talked about. <gasps> oh. And it is number three. All right. And it's Is It Over Now? Uh, uh. But it, yeah. Is It Over Now? Well, yes, it is lyrically so much fun. Mm-hmm. It is the, can we shut up and be done with it? <laughs> it's the exasperation of the song of like, you're making this into something it doesn't need to be. You're the one who wanted to go date this. Like, this is her middle finger to this whole relationship that she's had to go on and on and wants to just move on from. Yeah. And it, to me, it's just fun. Like, like I said, it's just fun. I just want to, like, it's giving, in my mind, the white girl version of Beyonce and Lemonade with the two middle fingers and like, but like, that's the image that I get. I love that. With the song. I love that because it is really tongue in cheek where she's like, is it, was it over when you laid her down on the couch? Right. Was it over when he took my shirt off? Is it over now? Like, Can we be we, done? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, that's so funny. And I read an interview that she did when she was talking about the song. And she said she wanted it to end the album. Yes. And I think it's also a way of her saying, can we end now that we know her albums are eras of her life? Yeah. It's the end of that era. That's cute. I like that a lot. So my number three is Champagne Problems from Evermore. My fourth and final Evermore track <laughs> um, out of my top 10. Um, I had four tracks from Evermore. I think Champagne Problems is like one of the most beautiful songs she's ever written. I think it's such an incredible story. I think it's just perfectly paced. Lyrically, it's gorgeous. It's just a perfect song. Like, it's perfect. Like, if my number two wasn't so personal to me, it probably would be my number two song because it is just a perfect song. Like, Champagne Problems isn't personal to me at all. It's just that good. Top two. This is my final fearless song. And it is a vault track. It's That's When featuring Keith Urban. I love Keith Urban. I love him. I love that she went for this vault track and went back to who she would have been idolizing at the time of Fearless. But my thing about That's When is like, it is so fun. And it's about a couple trying to figure things out and learn like how to breathe. And most of mine aren't romantic songs, to be very honest. But... I do love my romance novels. You do? I do. I run an Instagram. I'm trying to get her to start a podcast where she talks about her her romance uh, novels. The issue is all my book friends are introverts. So would it just be me talking to my hand? Like I can make a little, you remember when you used to make a puppet out of your hand? (laughs) I think you should talk. I think you should do it. Anyways, that's a time for another conversation. But that's when really puts me in the feeling that I get when I read a small town romance novel of I need some space, but when can I come back? Because I'm not saying this is the end. When can I come back? And so I just think it's a fun, cute song. And I did go through a country music phase. So it kind of takes me back to that. So my number two is the one from Folklore. Um, absolutely love this song. I remember listening to it because I, I was during COVID. And she just dropped it out of nowhere and being like, anyways, here's this. And we were like, "Ah!" and I remember I was living with Corey. We had been dating for like, God, it was July. So we had been dating for seven months 
And I was living with him for five because we quarantined together and he didn't have a washer dryer. So I was driving across town to wash my clothes at my apartment and I had to coordinate with my roommate so he would be out of the house when I was there because we didn't want to give each other COVID because at the time we didn't understand how it worked. And so I was like, I'm going to listen to Taylor Swift's new album and I put on the one and which is the opener of folklore. And I remember being like, oh, she is on some new shit. Like she she's saying yes instead of no. Like I just remember being like, oh my God. And this is so personal to me. Like I think many people can relate to like the idea of like, oh, this didn't work out, but like imagine if it had, you know? And like the most impactful experience of my life was that kind of situation where like my whole life changed because of a situation like that. And so I listened to this song and I was like, dang, like that is so real. Like Mm -hmm. it would have been fun. And I like the playfulness of it where she's just like, it's okay. I'm doing okay. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm good. But it would have been kind of cool if like that thing, that big heartbreak hadn't like happened. Like I love that. Which do we want to play out? How? If Taylor Swift's relationships follow the trajectory of yours. Mm Mm-hmm. That would make Travis Kelsey her Corey. Travis is, Travis is in game. Like I really do believe that. I yeah. Look, I, I think them. you're right. I I hate ship. I hate shipping real people because I recognize they are real people. <laughs> I try really hard. Well, to- there's a psych. There's psychology behind it though, and I, I think I keep saying I, I saw a TikTok, but I saw a TikTok. You're onto something where it was like you get the big breakup and then you date like a little rat guy and then you meet your husband. Right. And that is what I did. <laughs> like, you're absolutely right. Like, Kelsey's like, well, I know who, we're, who's your Maddie Healy and a hundred percent. So do oh, I. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> and so, I will never forget getting in your car and you were like, I have to keep my guitar in the trunk of my car so he doesn't find it when he comes over. Oh, God, y'all. Just don't ever be a straight woman dating in the city. Just don't do that. All right. Don't do that. Anyways, let's do number one. My number one is Blank Space. Ding, ding. So 1989 came out my senior year of college. And I, there's just something about Blank Space where it was, ironically, um, the friend who I'm now no longer friends with that I would equate now that we don't talk to would ride around our college town singing this at the top of our lungs in my 2004 Honda Accord with 250,000 miles on it and just scream it. And it was just, I still remember being so shocked that it wasn't Starbucks lovers. (laughs) So, I don't know, 1989 was just my favorite album. Mm -hmm. It encapsulates such a happy time in my life. I was broke. I had no money. I had like $4 in my bank account. We used to scrape together change we found in uh, in the movie theater that I worked at to go buy us dinner. And (laughs) that album just felt so free. Yeah. Oh my God, I love that for you. So, I think Blank Space just... think it's gonna be one of the top songs of taylor swift's career for me for forever 
Yeah. Well, and she was so subversive with the music video. That okay. not too vibe. I love that. And it was kind of when you started realizing that she was self-aware mm-hmm. and in on the joke. Yeah, she was like, uh-uh. Y'all aren't making fun of me. I'm right. gonna, I'm gonna be part of it. I love that about her. My number one, as you guys already know, is all too well. Um, I remember, so I never listened to Red when it came out because I wasn't a fan of the singles. And I was like, if the rest of the album's like these singles, like I'm good. And so like, um, I never, I had never heard it before. And then the Reputation like Netflix special came out Mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm going to, I didn't like Reputation when it came out. And I was like, I'll just watch this and like. I'll just have it on the background, like, like maybe hate watch it or something. Like, I thought I was being a big, you know, like, ha-ha, I'm just going to watch it. I was, like, in tears watching this. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, oh, my God. And, like, I messaged my friend. Uh, I messaged Rachel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, Rachel, have you heard the song All Too Well? And she was like, you haven't heard the song All Too Well? And I was like, no, I didn't until today. It was like literally January 2019 that I I, I heard it for the first time. And it literally changed me. It was like, a, it, it like chemically changed me. <laughs> well, so I don't know if you remember, but you were going through this moment right around the time like the women's marches were happening mm. for their second year in a row. And yeah. you and I drove up to Denton. I loved doing that. For you. the women's march there. Mm-hmm. And it was so cold that day. It was I remember so that. cold, which we is not freezing. normal. Like for Texans, we don't know how to do cold. We, so got we were thin blood. We were not tough, but we did it <laughs> anyways. And you were like, I think it's finally time for me to fully admit that I'm a Swifty Swifty. Yeah. And Red has changed my oh. life. I was like, dang, I am a Swifty. Like that year at the end of Spotify wrapped, it was like, anyways, All Too Well is like your song. And then like also you're like in her top 0.5 or something. And I was like, dang, I didn't think I was that kind of Swifty, but apparently I am. Now obviously I know that I am. But but yeah, that was also the moment where I was like, wait. Are we going to go down this path together? Because I think you had known I had always been. Yeah. And I'd always liked her. I just didn't consider myself like a, like, Swifty TM, you know, like. Right. Copyright. I will never forget. We were so cold. We were freezing on the square. Mm -hmm. And you were just like, I, every time I listen to this song, I just start weeping. And I was like, you're driving. Can we not do that? I can cry and drive. I do it a lot. (laughs) So really all this like past hour has shown us is we're unhinged and have a lot of feelings. We, yeah. And that was really long. It's going to be fun to edit this, to be honest. I think you'll have a great time. 